Hello, I'm Lyndon Jones, and with me is Western Carolina University Chancellor Dr. Kelly Brown. Today, we're going to be talking about a very unique time at Western as we approach the 2020-2021 academic year. So, Dr. Brown, 2020 has been a very unique year with many challenges, and students went home for spring break from Western, and they never came back because of the COVID-19 outbreak. What kinds of things did students, faculty, and staff have to grapple with, with this spring and during the summer that people might not be aware of? Well, my gosh, Lyndon, as you can imagine, uh, faculty, staff, and students have had to grapple with pretty much every aspect of university life. Um, As you know, we extended spring break by a week to give our faculty time to be able to transition their classes from face-to-face instruction to online or alternative form of course delivery, effective March the 23rd through the end of spring semester and during the summer. During that time, we transitioned over 3,000 different sections of classes. So it was a pretty phenomenal uh, lift that faculty took during that time. All students in the residence halls were required to go home or stay home for the rest of the semester unless they were granted some exemption to remain here in our campus uh, residence hall rooms. The vast majority of our faculty and staff have been working remotely as opposed to their on-campus workstations. So it's been pretty quiet here on campus since the middle of March. We've had to postpone commencement cancel spring sporting events, change grading policies, and issue refunds to students for unused residential residential and dining fees. We've moved our meetings to online, and I will tell you, Lyndon, I am a Zoom frequent flyer miles um, <laughs> recipient. Um, and uh, we've had our open house and orientation. They've all moved online for this summer. Uh, there's no aspect of this university that the pandemic has not uh, has not touched. My installation ceremony, which was scheduled for March the 22nd, uh, 27th, was postponed, and we're looking to how to reschedule that once the situation allows us to. I do want to say, um, when we're talking about this, how proud I am of, of all the members of our university community, our students, our faculty, our staff, our alumni, for their hard work, their dedication, their flexibility, in what has been, I think, the most disruptive and challenging time in our university's history. They have shown grit, determination, and the true catamount spirit that define what many of us have come to call the Western way. And so a lot has happened since March and the beginning of the COVID outbreak. And so the university's continued. We've never slowed down. We've continued to be open during this whole time, but a lot has changed. Yes, and you've got a great point that we never slowed down. This is something that had to happen very, very quickly, and Western stayed up to par with that. So because things did develop so fast this spring, what kind of support services did the university provide to students? Oh, that's, that's a real good question. Thank you for asking. Um, as, as I mentioned, we had issued refunds for housing and dining. So those who were living in our residence halls or had dining meal plans, we issued refunds for that. Um, Western is participating in what is referred to as the Higher Education Emergency Relief Fund, called HERP. And this is a new federal grant program that is part of the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security, the CARES Act. Um, These emergency funds were made available to eligible Western students who are experiencing unexpected expenses or financial hardship directly related to the changes in the campus operations due to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Um, This assistance has been available to undergraduate and graduate residential degree-seeking students who are eligible to be considered for financial aid. 
to date, okay, to date, we've had 2,464 students who have applied for assistance. Uh, 2,283 requests have been funded. We've awarded $3.187 million in this first round, leaving a little bit more than a million dollars unawarded. Uh, there will likely be another round of applications later this summer or fall. We've also provided assistance to students through our existing student emergency fund, which we provided close to $300,000 through our own student emergency fund for students. At the same time, in addition to financial aid assistance or financial assistance, our counseling and psychological services have been providing counseling and mental health support to our members of our university community who need it via telehealth, telecounseling. So we've been doing a lot to be able to assist students during this really challenging time of COVID-19. So what kinds of changes and precautions will students, faculty, and staff see when they return to campus this fall? This might be masks, social distancing, group numbers. Another really good question, Lyndon. And as you can imagine, uh, this fall is going to be very, very different for everyone. I think it's just changed all of our lives since, since, since it's, we've seen it in, in mid-March here. We've received guidance from the University of North Carolina system just this week that face covering will be required at all institutions that are a part of the UNC system. So we will be requiring face coverings here on campus, those in classrooms and instruction, out and about. If you can't social distance, which is six feet apart, face coverings will be required. And we will be, hopefully we'll be able to provide those face coverings for our faculty, staff, and students. And that is our plan. Social distancing will be a huge part of our strategy in limiting large gatherings of people. Our dining will be limited to go meals only, so that will be a change for us. To help our campus community forward in this kind of new normal, we've developed a set of community standards and have launched a public awareness campaign called Catamount Care. These uh, shared community standards remind us that each of us have a personal responsibility for actions that may affect our own health and the health of our friends, our colleagues, and our broader campus community. We believe that our collective acceptance of this shared responsibility will be the most effective strategy we will have at our disposal in, challenging, in the challenging months ahead. We have developed this set of standards to encourage everyone to be a part of the well-being of themselves as uh, others, that, that, that others are at the top of their mind. And you can find these standards at info wcu.edu backslash fall 2020. Well, we have a lot of this information out there for, for people to see, and it's called Fall 2020 Operations and Procedures. And so a lot of this information is available out there for folks to look at. Will the classrooms and buildings also look different aside from just having the face covering and being socially distant? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we will be spreading desk out in the classrooms as part of our social distancing strategy. In some instances, we'll be installing plexiglass dividers between front desk personnel and office visitors. So if you come into an office, you may see a, a big plexiglass there so that there's plexiglass between the front office personnel and the person visiting. We'll also have markers for people to be able to socially distance six feet away. Some faculty members may choose to have plexiglass shields in their classrooms, and so they may choose maybe not to wear a face covering, but maybe a a face mask, a face shield, but also we may have plexiglass in some of the classrooms that might be requested by faculty. We plan to designate certain doorways for entrances and others for exiting so that it's very clear you come into this 
uh, building through this doorway, you exit through another doorway. And this is to help kind of eliminate that idea of the social distancing. So we're spreading people around on campus. For staff, we are encouraging staggered start and end times for the workday so that they won't have large numbers of people uh, coming into a building or leaving at the same time. The number of people in the elevator will only be three at a time. And we're encouraging people to use the stairways to go down. And it's certainly if they can use them to go up, but that would be good as well. But elevators will have three people at a time on them and then encouraging the use of stairwells, particularly on going down. So there'll be a number of changes that we'll see on campus from a physical perspective. Yes, and how will this affect student activities like athletics or even student attendance at athletic events? Well, the Department of Campus Activities within Student Affairs has been working very diligently, and they've recently announced that they won't be having any concerts this year in the University Center, the Ramsey Center, or the um, outdoors at the Central Plaza. We've also made plans that will allow students in music, theater, and the visual arts to share their talents, but with modifications for social distancing to keep our students, faculty, and staff um, and audiences safe. And so these modifications include things like limiting audience capacity in our venues, maximizing spaces, uh, spacing of our performers that are on our stages or in our concert halls, hanging exhibits within our fine arts museum to maximize social distancing between objects, moving some of our events and creating pop-up events, uh, events that might be out of doors on campus, and shifting to innovative modalities like streaming, live streaming concerts or virtual live performances and art exhibits. So there'll be a lot of changes that'll be happening. We've made some recent uh, cancellations of events, and let me just share those with you. We're canceling our new student uh, convocation in Valley Ballyhoo. Uh, we are also canceling the freshman run in our homecoming parade that we have in uh, downtown Silva. We're still evaluating events that are around family weekend and other homecoming activities. We'll begin this fall denying requests for events for large indoor social gatherings, parties, and dances. We're really trying to what was referred to as de-densify and trying to really create events that, that we can actually have social distancing. If we can't, we're going to have to not be able to have those events or cancel them. No decisions have uh, been made yet on uh, football game tailgating at this time, and so we're still working on that. And we're awaiting guidance from the CDC and state officials on intramural and club sports mm -hmm. and about access to the Campus Recreation Center and related programming. So this fall, when people come back, when students come back, when new students arrive on campus, it will be different, but we're going to be our best in providing the social distancing and providing places that the environment allows for well-being for our faculty, staff, students, and visitors. Yes, and in light of athletics looking a lot different, when do athletes return to campus? WCU Athletics will begin a phased return of our student-athletes to campus beginning on July 6th in advance of the fall 2020 semester. This return includes football and men's and women's basketball student-athletes during uh, first during the summer months, so they'll start coming back in, in July. We will hold athletic performance strength and conditioning activities under the guidelines of, the, of North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, limiting uh, group workouts to 10 indoors and 25 outdoors. So we're still following the state directions with regards to that. And then beginning on July 6th, athletic training and rehabilitation will be available to all student athletes by appointment only. So they must make an appointment with, with uh, WCU Athletics. We will be enforcing strict daily protocols with our student-athletes, including rigid scheduling, 
cleaning and sanitation. And so we're working very hard to make sure not only our students, but our student athletes when they come back have an environment that is conducive to well-being. When we do restart with athletics, will students and faculty be able to attend these games? Well, that's, that's, that's the question everyone is asking, Lyndon, and so uh, thank you for asking that. Um, Alex Gary, our new director of athletics, who joined us on May the 1st, uh, he and his team have been working on logistics about how students and other fans can attend athletic events this fall. They are preparing for athletic competitions this fall, including the 2020 season of Catamount football. Alex and his staff are meeting daily and finalizing a plan to responsibly welcome students and fans back to the E.J. Whitmire Stadium and Bob Waters Field on Saturday, September the 19th. While we fully expect to play football this fall, we also anticipate opening at a decreased capacity based on the social distancing measures and guidelines. So we'll see what is coming forth from uh, Governor Cooper at that point in time. Specific groups such as uh, WCU students, uh, including our marching band, will be among a reserve ticket allotment, and uh, details will be forthcoming on that and are still being worked out. And so you just mentioned it a little bit. Speaking of football, what's going on with the Pride of the Mountains marching band? Yeah, so our Pride of the Mountains marching band. Well, you know, we take great pride in, in having them here, and, and they are a, such a, a fun fun group to watch, particularly during our, our football games. With a group as large as the Pride of the Mountains, social distancing and health protocol will be a priority during all their rehearsals as well as performances. In an effort to reduce large numbers within a confined space during rehearsal, the band will be divided into four separate fields for the majority of its class meetings. During the early phases of COVID-19, the challenges of, of a show design, both visually and musically, went to the very top of their list. So the band will be marching in four-step intervals to allow for that six feet between members. Traditionally, when you see the band out there on the field and marching, they have been in a two-step interval, uh, which does not meet the CDC guidelines for social distancing. So this new performances that they will have will have this four-step interval that meets the CDC guidelines for social distancing. Masks will be worn to and from rehearsal and during rehearsal when possible. Many health policies with regards to personal and large group hygiene were already in place for the band, including the use of personal water bottles, not sharing instruments, as well as face check-in and check-out of uniforms and equipment. So we were already doing some of these things in advance and prior to COVID-19. Our band director, David Starnes, and his team has been working diligently um, on various options for seating the band during the football games. And those options include, and we're, they're still working through them, include splitting the band to sit on both sides of the stadium and possibly the use of the Ramsey Center as staging area for the band. So we're still working through that because I think this year we'll have close to 450 band members. And so, again, a large group of students that will be in the band this year. And unlike in previous years, there will be no post-game performance this year, only a halftime show this year. But they are working, I can tell you, diligently to make sure that we have a great visual and musically fun atmosphere for us this year during our halftime show. How will school open this fall at WCU and what changes will students see academically? Well, I think academically, they'll find that they'll still have the same rigorous um, academics. Faculty will still be engaged with them. We pride ourselves on our academic mission of being student engaged, high quality educational learning experiences that students have. So that will continue. 
what what will happen is 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 that there'll be some changes. So students come back. We are spreading out the move-in process from a single weekend. So typically students will move in on one weekend. The majority of them. We'll begin uh, our move-in on August the first. Students will need to register in advance for specific dates and time frame to be able to move in. We're starting the fall semester classes on August the 17th as originally planned, but what we are doing is we're doing away with our fall break this year. Instruction for fall 2020 will be offered through a blend of face-to-face, online, hybrid, and a modified hybrid course delivery. So there'll be a lot of different means of, of being able to provide that academic excellence. The last day of face-to-face classes will be Friday, November the 20th, and classes on Monday the 23rd and Tuesday, November the 24th, which are immediately prior to Thanksgiving holiday, will be held online. We will also be moving our exams online following that. So our last day for fall semester, will, I believe, will be Friday, December the 4th at 5 p.m. is when we'll end our fall semester. What this means for us is, is that students will be going home for the remainder of fall semester just before the Thanksgiving break. This is very intentional on our part, just to help us maximize instructional time early in the fall and to minimize opportunities for students as well as for faculty and staff to travel away from campus on extended breaks. This strategy helps reduce exposure to and the spread of the coronavirus. It should also align our academic calendar in such a manner to avoid densely populated campus in late fall and early winter when the potential for a significant resurgence of the virus may be at their highest. So with our current plans for resumption of operations this fall, there may be a shift in some response and changing conditions. But um, I can tell you that the last few months have taught us a lot. We have a lot of information and responses to this new data about COVID-19 that require a lot of flexibility and patience. So we were able to move very quickly in March. If something were to change in the, in the fall semester, I feel very confident that we'll be able to be flexible and nimble enough to make those changes. So basically we're starting on August the 17th. We're ending our classes before Thanksgiving. Students will be able to go back home and then not come back until in January for spring semester to allow hopefully for us to be able to have a, a minimal disruption in our academic and, and co-curricular activities here on campus. And in the event that we do have a interruption, you know, a situation that no one wants to occur, but what happens if a student does get sick with COVID-19 or is exposed to the virus here on campus? Most likely we will have a student that becomes COVID-19 positive. And so we, we've got plans for that. We are working closely with our neighbors within Jackson County Health Department of Public Health on testing and reporting of COVID-19 cases. We have a good working relationship with our county partners, and I think this is really critical. We have designated Madison Residence Halls as a location where residential students may safely quarantine as needed while continuing their studies if they test positive for COVID-19. As a part of our guidance from the UNC system regarding preparations for fall, leaders of the UNC institution have been asked to assess our ability to be able to provide a location for isolation of residential students if it's become necessary. So that's why we've set aside Madison Residence Hall for this. And we think it's a great location because it has a relatively small number of student rooms. Its location is on the Hill area of, of campus that would help keep students who've been tested positive a little bit further away from the bulk of the, the campus population while allowing them to continue their studies and still receive campus services as needed. Residential living staff are in the process of notifying students who've been currently scheduled to live in 
Madison and moving them to other appropriate alternative accommodations on campus. So I think we've got a really good plan on campus, working with our local health department, having an isolation quarantine available, and also then also working with our students to make sure that they do have symptoms to contact the health, our student health services here so that they can be seen if they need a test or not, or if they need to be able to be isolated or quarantined. So I think we've got a really good plan here on campus for our students when they come back this fall. Yes, and it's not all negative things going on. We do have some very positive things happening on campus. There are so many things happening just in general all around this time of year. So in addition to the already new Apodaca Science Building that is already under construction, uh, what else can visitors expect to see on campus between the football field and the parking deck? Scott and Walker, we have so much to talk about. Yeah, well, I was driving through campus the other day, and it was amazing. Driving through campus, there's a lot going on. And I always try to remind people, when you see construction and things happening, at a place like a university, you know that it's a good place to be. And we've got a lot of construction going on right now, which tells me that Western is a place to be right now. So the Tom Apodaca Science Building is really beginning to take shape. It is behind the Hunter Library. That building is on target to open by next summer. And so we're very excited about that. This is a $110 million facility made possible through funding from the 2016 statewide $2 billion Connect NC Bond referendum. It will replace our old 1970s-era natural sciences building, which will come down after the new building is finished. The Apodaca Science Building will be home to our programs in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So that's very exciting. Our track near the entrance to campus has recently been resurfaced, and we are currently in process of replacing the turf on our football field, as you've noted. Ramsey Center is getting a brand new look through a uh, renovation designed to, to help with the waterproofing of the building, which has been prone to leaks during heavy rains. This project should remain be completed by next March, and then you'll see that all the, the glass around it is being changed. And so very, very exciting, and you'll see that when you come on campus. The parking lot behind the baseball stadium is now torn up as we are beginning to work on construction of our very first parking deck that we've had here on campus. Uh, you'll see a large mound of dirt on the field right out in front of Norton Hall. This is part of a long-term project to create an additional uh, recreation field on that site. You mentioned Scott and Walker. We're in the early stages of the replacement of Scott and Walker residence halls as work crews are now in the process of asbestos abatement before those buildings will be taken down. And the first thing that uh, folks will see when they return to campus, which is very exciting, is our new front entrance signage. Uh, it's got beautiful rock walls, bronze lettering to let you know that you have arrived at Western Carolina University. Absolutely gorgeous. And if you haven't been out here on campus, take a ride around. You'll see all these projects happening. What would you like people in our community and in the region to know about this fall at Western Carolina University? What I'd like to let them know is that, as I mentioned earlier, that the fall semester is going to look and feel different from a normal semester. We're developing plans for fall 2020 through an inclusive decision-making process. These decisions are guided by science and data, grounded in our core academic mission, and intended to blend teaching, research, service, and engagement in a total student experience activities with the well-being of our community throughout this whole process of this, of this decision-making process. The university continues to monitor guidance from our public health and medical professionals 
the UNC system, and North Carolina's elected state officials. And so we are working very hard to make sure when people come back that this is a place there's an environment for well-being and that we're able to meet this challenge of COVID-19 and be able to succeed, educate students like we've always been doing in the past. And also remembering that by necessity, these plans may, may shift and change as conditions demand. And as Western has showed in what we did in March, what we've been able to do this summer and how we're preparing for fall, we'll be able to be flexible and nimble, innovative and creative enough to be able to meet those shifts and any changes that, that are needed as we go forward. And Chancellor Brown, before I let you go, I just want to ask, is there anything else that you would like people to know about Western Carolina? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think Despite all the difficulties that have been related to COVID-19, we are continuing our mission to provide higher education opportunities to the people of North Carolina and our state. We continue to meet the needs of the region that we were founded to serve. And I think this is really important. This is who Western is. This is what we've done for, for over 130 years, and we will continue to do this. I am very optimistic about the future of Western Carolina University. And you should know also that this is a great place to be. And I think our leaders are optimistic. Our board of trustees are optimistic as we move forward. Last week, we shared our, our, our plans to reopen with our system partners at the University of North Carolina system. I think they are excited about us being able to move forward here at Western Carolina University. We have exceptionally capable leaders at the helm of major divisions here at the university. They have worked diligently. They continue to do so. They keep safety of our students and community and, and I think this is important, and the academic mission of Western at the forefront of their responses and actions to this global pandemic. It's been amazing to watch our leaders on this campus work. I will also say I think it's important that creativity, I've mentioned innovation, pride, independence have been associated with this institution since its founding. And all the members of our campus university have displayed these characteristics in spades over this last couple months. And so it's been amazing to watch this happen. The Catamount family is resilient. We will continue to do our part to slow the spread of COVID-19 and to flatten the curve. And we will continue to act in the best interest of our students. And I might just say, you know, Lyndon, we've got this. We're on it. We're working toward it. We're going to have a great fall semester when we come back in fall of 2020. And I look forward to seeing all of our new students and returning students come back this fall. Well, Dr. Brown, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lyndon, and uh, look forward to having this interview in person in the future. I want to thank Western Carolina University Chancellor Dr. Kelly Brown for taking time out of her very busy schedule to bring us up to date about not only what's going on on campus, but what the 2020-2021 academic year looks like. I'm Lyndon Jones. This program was produced by student-operated WWCU-FM. We are Western Carolina University.